it's like the same shit everywhere you go. I'm like, man, goddamn it, where where's the authentic shit at? You know, man, the authentic vibe, the authentic people. Every goddamn trapper think he's a rapper now. You know, like man, you just because you move a couple of nickel bags don't mean you goddamn MC Rock M, man. And I hate that too because every young cat think now he got to be a dope dealer to be a rapper. He just can't be an MC and and be good with lyrics and and, and words and shit like that. Every youngster I run into, majority of them think I got to be in a trap. Okay, now I'm Jeezy. Nah, man, now you're going to be dead in a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you just don't don't wake up and start selling dope. It just don't go like that. No, it's you, 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 you damn sure just don't wake up and just start rapping. It just don't go like It's your girl, Danka, and welcome to Graffiti Talk Radio, home of the hip-hop backstory. And I'm here with my host, the road dog, Fresh. Fresh, where you at? Tell it, man. I'm right here. Already. And I'm, also, I have here with me is my other road dog, Bob McClot. Where you at? Yeah, I already know what I, the deal, homie. Y'all know the deal. Already, already. All right, y'all. So tonight on the line, I got a special guest, and I got Cotton Mouth Jesse in the house from the legendary group Pound Keys and Houses, y'all. And the Rabbit Boy, man, Rabbit Boy number one. Already, already, man. Um, he's a native of Dallas, Texas. The Triple D, as we call it, man, Dirty Dirty Dallas. And um, he's going to break down his beginnings in the hip-hop industry to his current projects that he got brewing up right now. So first off, uh, Cottonmouth, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. Um, oh, it's a pleasure to holler at you, man. Um, Been a fan of you for a while. And, and to just know now that, you know what I'm saying, we knew each other from back in the day is crazy, but that's all to the good, man. Um, So let everybody know where you're from and um, how you got started, man. I'm originally from uh, South Dallaso Club. I started out with DJ Snake of uh, Nemesis, writing for Nemesis and writing for a whole bunch of cats uh, coming up in the game. I wasn't really interested in rapping until a best friend of mine got killed. And I started Mm -hmm. messing around and won a talent contest that Nemesis and DJ Snake and uh, Ron C. was doing in Oak Cliff at a club called Genesis. Right. Won a contest and went off from there and shit. I'd already been rapping in school and stuff like that, DJing and all. Uh, first thing I put out was a group called South Coast with my uh, two two little brothers and uh, my little brother. He uh, went to jail and passed, and I started doing my own thing and came up with mm-hmm. the name Cottonmouth and fucking with Snake and started affiliating myself with him and uh, got on with a uh, PKO out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like. Got in at the end of PK Hope, you know what I'm saying, before they really, really, the boys was already doing their thing, but like uh, the album is called No Pain, No Gain, uh, Poets and Gangsters, and uh, when Pony J changed his name to uh, Nino, that was the first yeah, song yeah. Album I, I was a part of, a song called Big Old Pimp. Okay, so, okay, so the members of um, PKO was DJ K Sam, Magic Mark, and Pony J. Who you say, of course, became Nino. And so you yeah. said that you met, you know, okay. And so what you was going down to San Antonio, how did y'all, I mean, how did y'all actually hook up? Like, Snake was doing beats for PKO. He was mixing their stuff and uh, doing beats. I think he mixed and shit like Compton and a bunch of stuff for them on the Good, the Bad, the Ugly album. I think that was one of the biggest projects. Was the mm-hmm. good, the bad, the ugly album. The snake was on beats for him, and we actually do shows together. 
TKO and Nemesis Ron. See, they, they all used to be on the road together. But uh, Magic Mark Outing uh, from, from uh, PKO, San Antonio, Eastside Rigsby, he was the one that really put me on game, put me, you know what I'm saying, put me in the booth and uh, put that money behind me and got that push behind me to first catch up, believe me. Okay. So, like, so back then, so you were in San Antonio with the music playing. So how was it back then, you know what I'm saying, when you – I was going, I was going back and forth between Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, but you know PKO was doing his thing. You know, uh, Pony J back then he was uh, very hot back then, and uh, I think we did uh, we on Master P down South Hustlers. Right. Um, yeah. We on Master P down South Hustlers. We did we we, we did a lot of stuff, and uh, Pimp mm-hmm. C was on my first album, 100% Cottonmouth, and yeah. that's where I started at. Then. Uh, after I did that, I started my own little label, and I had an album called uh, 100% Cottonmouth, Killer Cottonfields, when uh, Youngster Records, yeah, yeah. Records changed their name to Jemani Park. That's when uh, Mark Allen changed his label to Jemani Park, and he ended up catching a case at this club he owned in San Antonio, and uh, he ended up getting locked up from that, and from now, you know, I went on to do do some things and uh, put a group together called the Rally Boards. Right. And we had uh, we had a bunch of a bunch of uh, top notch artists on the album that was ninety nine two thousand mm-hmm. and uh, to this yeah, day I remember one, that <laughs> yeah to this day one of my top sellers we had Lil Wayne on there be legit a bunch uh, of people in there uh, uh, too short uh you know we we did the last song with Roger Trapman before he passed away he was the last song he ever did was Rally World with me yeah. and uh, the Rally Boys. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. Dope. I remember that. I remember that, man. Always. Yeah, but from but like but from from day one, you know, PKO was how I got affiliated. Um, uh, you know, with with the screwed up click, PKO was one of DJ Screw's favorite favorite groups also. And oh, also okay. Yeah, yeah. Of, there's, there's a lot of PKL on some screw tapes, and that's right, how I right. Because I was going to ask you, yeah, what's your association? With you know, what, what associates PKO had with issues? So, well, it was okay. kind of like it was kind of like the first time I met uh, Pimp C, uh-huh. and I'm the first I'm the first artist out in Dallas to ever do a song with Lil Kiki. So, man, Kiki was uh-huh. the beginning of the Southside Connect, as we call it. And um, I used to go to Houston, you know, saying fuck with Kiki when he was with a uh, jam down. We still we still homies to this day. But right. my days with my days with my days with PKO and um uh, you know, getting Pimp C on my first album hundred percent cottonmouth with the song satisfied. We used to go back and forth, you know, through you know, saying through Texas from Austin to San Antonio and uh we used to do a bunch of shows, so mm. we've always we 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 did wow. a lot of shows back then, so Okay, so you were yeah. doing shows with with with, uh, with Pimp C. We was doing shows with everybody. We, we we did our own shows. You know, the, the old school game was you did your own show and you just bring the group. So whether it was UGK or, um, uh, or Lil' Key or, or anybody, we were the first people to bring Tupac to Texas and take Sarkana. Okay. That's your hope. Damn, that's tight. Yeah, okay. So the boys out of San Antonio, they really don't get their card, but they was the one of the first street legend groups out of Texas, man. I mean, they was they was out there. They dissed DJ Quick, and the whole San Antonio was riding with them. So, I yeah, them, man. man. So, 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 tell me about that. That right there, about that uh, when he came down there to do that. Just like Compton did, you know what I'm saying? Was it was it strictly wax or was it was it more serious than that, man? Like what happened? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, back then hip hop uh, was southern hip hop. Back then, you know, we was kind of like you know the South was left out, and you know they used to be, you mm-hmm. know, that song was now San Antonio. It ain't shit like Compton. They really didn't, didn't flow well down there. And like mm-hmm. I said, and like back then, like I say, Pony J was like the illest, you know. <laughs> he yeah. Was the, yeah, he yeah. was the illest, you know. He really had some real, real gangster shit back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, the boy, the boy went for it, you know what I'm saying, representing third cause, man. But, you know, they blew up way before all ain't shit like company because the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, that, that motherfucker sold 100,000 independent, so. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really, okay. Really yeah, but if it wasn't for uh, DJ Snake and Nemesis or uh, Rest in Peace to Big Al, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. Cause I wrote a lot, I wrote a lot of songs for Nemesis, uh, a couple songs on Vanilla Ice album at 16 years old. You know, 
Got yeah. named Goldfinger. He, he had a song called Chic Food. Back in yeah. the day, I was doing a dance song. I, I, I wrote two songs on his album for uh, okay. Tommy Kwan. But I was just right. a kid then. I, I wasn't even really serious about the game till later uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. Okay. So you was writing when you was young. Like, how young were you when you started writing? Uh-huh. I probably, shit, like 14, 15. Like, when the first time we moved from Saturday to Houston, we used to walk to the skating ring off of Homestead and uh-huh. perform stuff like that. I went to uh, see King in Northwood and Houston. I kind of, like, moved around as I was a undercover blessing now, now that I'm older, so. Right, right. Okay, already. Um, all right, so uh, you got any, um, so what's going on with the music scene now in Dallas? Like, what's, what's right going on? Now, I ain't been home in a minute. <laughs> the, the music scene is good in Dallas. We got a, we got a lot of young cats doing their thing. It's just a, it's just a different ball game. You know, I, I'd rather move 100,000 units than have 100,000 views. You know right. what I mean? Right. So that's the thing. But you got cats like uh, Mo3, Trap Boy Freddy, uh, Yellow Beezy, uh, Lil Runny, mm-hmm. uh, Belf. Oh, uh, yeah. A bunch of young cats. Lil Runny got the song, um, Throw the Ass in the Circle. And, uh, oh, yeah. Mo3, that's the Mo3, <laughs> Mo3, he really kind of like the hottest cat for the, the street shit go. He got uh, Boosie behind him. But it's a okay. lot of talent up here. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the the new game. When I was young, we were affiliated all around Texas. So now it's like mm-hmm. everybody is local. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I, and, and and that's important. I think that, you know, you know, to stay local, to stay underground, man, we got to, you know, we got so to gotta be, you got to be, you, you be affiliated. Like I say, you know, right. we, were, we, we, we were the first guys bringing Houston here and, uh, you know, it was vice versa. It was kind of like everywhere you went, it was like a Texas love. You, had, you know, you had to be in San Antonio. You had to be in Austin. You had to be in Houston. You had to be in Dallas. You had to be at the Capitol. You had to be at the, the Crawfish Fest in Louisiana. You had to be in a whole bunch of places, but... You know, to me, DJ Screw put us all on, you know, and, and, and gave us the lane that we needed. So we really didn't need no radio with DJ Screw and Southwest Wholesale and Strong Independent Hustling back then, you know. Mm-hmm. But also, like I yeah. said, I, I, I'm, I'm affiliated with uh, Screwed Up Click, uh, Rick Shop, uh, Swisher House, everybody, man. Like back, back then, we was all just trying to affiliate ourselves with each other. Man, I got to... Mm-hmm. I got a story of, of of listening to Fat Pat for weeks at a time. You know, back back then they had the numbers on the cassettes. Right. Yeah, I yeah, calling, yeah. I remember calling the cassette and talking to D Rick a couple of days. He didn't know me from a hole in the motherfucking ground, but he he could see I was a real cat. And he was like, "Man, come to Houston and fuck with us and woo woo." And once again, like I say, divine intervention. My birthday is February third, and I meet D Rick, follow up in Rick Shop Records. And I find out Fat Pat down my birthday is wrote on the wall when I walk in. In my mind, I'm like, damn, that's just fucked up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I'm talking to D-Rick, we get to know each other, shit like that. DJ Screw and Michael Watts pop up at the same time. So it's like, once again, I'm right there when Texas history is being created because Michael Watts and Screw had never met each other till that point. I'm standing right there like, damn. You know, I'm what? like, wow. Oh, real story, real story. I'm starstruck. I got my my wife for killer cotton fields, and I'm giving the screw. I'm giving it to Watts and Slim Third was with Watts. He got couples on his face. Watts in the old school black Nova. It was like a crazy day. I, I remember this day like sometimes, but that shit was just crazy. Like from that point on, that's when it to me it became like Texas. We all was like, man, we're gonna fit like this shit all over Texas, and we're gonna do our motherfucking thing. And I'm in Dirty Third Part Two. I think I got like a little scene in there. Okay. Part two, but I'm I'm affiliated Texas man. I love Texas hip hop. Mm-hmm. I don't do number I don't do number jam school. If it's not on the school tape, I can't hear it, man. <laughs> Already, you know, how, you know how we do it. You know yeah. how we do it. Well, you know what? I wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about uh PKO. You know what I'm saying? Um, it do you? I mean, you know, can you tell me a little bit about everybody's uh, style? You know what I'm saying? What did everybody bring to the group to make the group? You know what I'm saying? Who they uh, were? You know, Magic Magic started rapping with PKO way before I even knew of PKO. He he used to rap. Him and Pony uh-huh. Jane rapper and K Sam. You know, he rapped he rapped on that too. But as they went on in progress, Pony J became the 
the vocal point and Magic Mark was the CEO and um they had a guy named Pinhead from Fort Worth. He had uh Alma mm-hmm. on it. And um they had a bunch of stuff going, man. They was doing the uh bass albums when DJ Snake was battling Magic Mike or uh, rest in peace to you know what I'm saying Magic Mike was the the bass back then and we was going to car shows and mm-hmm. Snake you know play instrumentals and you know, back then, you know, you know, back to the era of like the bass music, and yeah. we we had a label, but it was like we had the street hip hop, we had the bass music, then we had the concert going on, and we were the first group to have hats and shirts and jackets and everything for the whole, you know, the whole staff to wear out promoting and hanging up posters. It was just like you know the old school game. It ain't the ain't the same no more. Back then, you had a staff, you had a studio, and you was like was doing their job. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. You know, we was getting to the money. So once they snatched the money out, start making the music free. The whole independent game is like fucked up now. So yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. Already. Um. Okay. Now, when you um, when y'all worked with Master P, tell me about that. Well, were you all ever gonna be part of uh, No Limit? Did, did he ever come to y'all? No, Master P. He he uh he did some smart shit back then because everybody that was affiliated from Texas to Louisiana to Mississippi, on down to Florida, man, he kind of like went and talked to you face to face. And everybody was on down south hustlers. You had to have your own transportation, but he looked out for everybody on down south hustler tour, and everybody showed up and did their thing. But you know, it was kind of like crazy. Like I say, that's when C Lo, when uh, when Boosie was with C Lo back then. So okay, yeah, yeah. Um, the X Mob and uh, Young Bleed and uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Young Bleed. Now, hey, now was C Lo? Was he was he part of PKO? No, C Lo is from uh, Boot Camp. Uh, oh, that yeah. group. Okay. Okay. He had the song on Master P. How you do that there? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was uh, okay. Yeah, he he was the first cat to have uh Boosie before he blew up like that. So but that's like I say it's all it's all it's all affiliated because like I say, that's when you went state to state and the drums the drums changed up. When you went to Louisiana it changed up. Came to mm-hmm. Texas we screwed up. You go to Memphis mm-hmm. the bass the, the bass they had, you know, Memphis had a different sound. It just mm-hmm. be different sounds to let you know where you was at, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Without Southwest Hotel, Selecto Hits, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Louisiana, uh, uh, City Hall in California, ARC in Cincinnati. I mean, the, the independent Texas, the Texas, we, we, we was all getting to the money. So everybody related with each other since day one. That's why you don't never see the OG cats of Texas really just beefing with each other because we used to spend too much time around each other. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, you know, but um, it, it it goes so deep, man. So okay, okay, all right. Oh, let's see. All right. Yeah. Now, what about uh, what about CeeLo? CeeLo Pinhead from PKO. Okay, yeah. So that's who Pinhead is. Pinhead is CeeLo. Yeah, he called himself oh. CeeLo, but then he changed the pen, pinhead. The CeeLo I was speaking about is a guy from Baton Rouge. That's a whole different cat. But CeeLo, okay. pen, pinhead was CeeLo. He changed his name to Pinhead after the 817 most wanted album. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was, a, uh, it was a bunch of cats Magic Mark had uh, that was from San Antonio back then. A lot of people... A lot of people was down, but when Magic Mark caught his case and he he fought a case for a couple of years and uh, he ended up getting locked up for it and, you know, everything just kind of like fell apart and everybody started doing their thing and growing up and, you know, getting involved with the hustle, you know, so. Right, yeah. We all, we all branched off and started doing our own little things and running our own little labels and stuff like that. I remember Nino had um, a couple of compilation albums he put out. Under his label, K Sam dropped a, a solo. And uh, Snake, you know, Snake been producing for years. You know, Snake is the originator of all this, you know, funk and G funk street shit of the South. So, mm-hmm. let's salute DJ Snake and Nemesis, man. Let's salute. Right, right. Oh, Dr. Okay. Dre. Yeah. Okay. What What about, um, did, um, uh, 
when you were with PKO, did y'all ever have any music that was unreleased that ne- that never got released? Oh uh, yeah, we got plenty of stuff that never got released. Plenty of stuff. I don't I don't have the masses to it. Magic Mark probably do. We we got a lot of stuff that was never released. So much music we left. Like I said, the last PKO album is No Pain No Gain. And um, man, we have so many songs on on that right there. That's when uh, Magic ended up getting locked up. So. But that's yeah, that's a badass album. It's uh, me, Pony J, Pinhead, and uh, Snake did majority of the, of the music, and uh, Mikey D did some music on that. Right, right. Um, Mikey, Mikey D is the original producer of PKO before they got with Nemesis and started doing stuff. So, cause people you thought, said it was who? Mikey, who Mikey D, Mikey D, Mikey D, Pony J, Magic Mark, K Sam, and uh, DJ AK. And then they had the song before, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. It was called Money, Mac, and Trick. That was the first thing they was known for. That was like the early 90s. And just like UGK and just like PKO, everybody thought they was from Dallas because they spent so much time up here. People thought UGK was from Dallas when they first came out with the uh, Tell Me Something Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because every back then, all the all the record labels was taking UGK on tour, doing doing little you know country shows and you know stuff like that. Cause that's how we used to do it. You know, we bring each other. You know, make our own shows. Mm-hmm. That was that was main point of the game. That's how that's how Master P started when he was doing his own shows. So. Back in the gap, the CEOs ran the labels, and you did shows. You did your own show, and then your group opened up, and everybody ate. So, mm-hmm. real chase is love, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. But this group put us all on. Uh, it was DJ. Yeah. Put us all on. Well, for screw, wouldn't be nobody. So. I want to hear some DJ screw stories. You ain't got no DJ screw stories. <laughs> Man, the one I just told you, the first time I met him, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time I ran across him going to his house with uh, Big Mo. I used to fuck with Big Mo off of Old Man's Trail. I used to be at the car wash selling drink and shit like that. That's so how I met uh, Big Mo was right on the south side of Houston. And we used to just talk, fuck around. We'd come to Houston, go up there and fuck with him. And one day he took, he took us to Screw House, and we was fucking off and doing our thing, and we whoop and some hoes end up fighting in screw house and the shit was just hilarious, man. <laughs> <laughs> like they're in the house, everybody, you know, they they they're in the house and you know, we talking and laughing and kicking shit and the whole bus out fighting like a up. I don't up I don't know if it was over some drink or over some bullshit, but there was something going on and shit was hella funny. They fought and everybody was laughing at them and fight. I was like, Man, you know, they're pretty tripping like a bit. Screw that looking at the ass. Screw that looking at him like you all are stupid up in here. So. <laughs> that was a real cat, man. It was a real cat, and like I say, through uh, through Lil' Key and um, us, and uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Bowleg from Stampede Records. Uh, we style bring the screwed up click on a Wednesday to this club called Diamonds in Oak Cliff, and uh, me the Rally Boys, Bowleg and Stampede, or. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard of Gator Man from from Dallas. We all used to be at this one club every other week right in front of Redbird Mall, and that's how we started fiddling Dallas and Houston together, you know. Yeah. We go down, we go down there and do our thing and make a make on a weekday and uh, uh, club rhythms and Mean Green and, you know, with this all affiliation, man, you know, east side of Austin and north side of Austin and shit, all kind of shit, man, all country towns in between, man. It's a, it's a brand new game now. I kind of, I kind of missed the old way because we weren't doing business with the hidden hand. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Right yeah. now, uh, independent cats, you just getting emails and uploading your song to people's software, and you know, they send you, a, you know, send you a check that you can't go back and research and see where your numbers come from and where your real audience is. So, like every or every. Artists is doing business with somebody behind the curtain. You can't even put a face to who you're doing business with now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sad, but that's yeah, they dropped it. They dropped the game to a penny a minute with the stream, and it's just all back. So they, they, that's kind of like a another knock to kind of like knock the entrepreneur because people was getting ripped off the independent rap game back back in the day. Yeah, 
Right, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. Wow, man. So, from, um, so, now, Rally Boys, now, you yeah. said Rally Boys, now, was that just a group or was that just a, a compilation of different people? You, uh, that, that was a group. A couple of uh, homies of mine uh, asked me to join this group, but everybody's getting rap. Like we had one guy, he was the CEO. We had another guy, he was like the promoter. His name was uh, Six Trey Rally, and we used to have a club called the Spy Club on every Thursday night. And uh, Six what? Trey Rally, he, he oh, would all, club. yeah, the old Spy Club. He would always okay. bring groups. He would always bring groups to Dallas. And every group he brought, we would do a song with him. And, uh, you know, we put an album together and shit, jumped in the car one one day with, I think, three, four bags full of money and McDonald's bags. And we went out and got all kind of features. And shit, we made a, we made a nice historic album and still, mm-hmm. you know, off of it to this day. So, I read it, yeah. The same thing is kind of like the, the first one that out of Dallas to do something big like that, but we had. So much going on. The only rappers was uh me and all uh, his cat named Jesus. No, so but he was part of no team too. So okay. So it was kind of like it was kind of like four CEOs and I was the artist, but one CEO wanted to rap a little bit. But it was kind of like a compilation. Album, but we rapped on every song with every feature. So oh okay okay. We did very well with that album, and mm-hmm. that's kind. Of same thing, how, how how we ended up on, on fruit tapes and stuff like that was like the Rally Boy stuff. Cause we used to go down and hit the man and just mash the gas and, you know, feel it ourselves. And, you know, back then it was kind of like even though we from a third coast, you still had to show up with your skills and your artistry and ready to do something because, you know, Houston used to, Houston still is the mecca of hip-hop for Texas. So yes, back then when you went to Houston, you used to have your, your war hat on and be ready to go because, you want talented, they gonna let your ass know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes, indeed. Yes, so indeed. You're still like that now, but you know the game's so watered down now. Untalented people is getting on. So. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so from um, so since the rally boys, what have you been doing since the like? What have you done since rally boys up to now? Uh, after Rally Boys, I got a couple of solo albums I did, or uh, Urban Legend, or uh, Cotton Candy, or uh, Authentic, King Kong, Cotton. The catalog run deep. So right now I got a single out. I got a single out called Dallas with uh, Jamie Foxx. I got a new album called Rally World Volume 3, Underground 20. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I got yeah, Jamie yeah. Charlie Boy on there, uh, mm-hmm. Big Dokey G from Stony Crook on there. He affiliated with Pookie and Lucci or uh, Fat Pimp on there. Yeah. Uh, I call uh, who was me. He's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, who was me? He got a bunch of club songs that've been hidden for years and shit. Y'all should yeah. be up at pimp with the rack daddy. So I'm still yeah. affiliated. Uh, you know, I got a couple of undergrounds out. Uh, what the fuck's up? One and two. You know, but my my, my main focus right now. I'm working on the best of Cotton Mouth and the King Kong Cotton Part Two. But the mm-hmm. Underground 20 and the, the Dallas song featuring Jamie Foxx, that's, that's what's really hot right now. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, that, yeah. that song right there is from Five. I've been jamming that lately. Yeah, um, that's produced by the uh, legendary Mr. Lee. So, you know, I got okay. a track with Lee on there. And uh, i just been, you know, getting getting my shit together. I took all my stuff down off the net behind uh, a distribution of uh, digital services that was some, really some bullshit. And, Mm-hmm. Fucking out money, and I had to take all my shit down, and uh, I should have all my stuff back up by this fall. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through some things with the with the people behind the umbrella, so I'm just okay. letting kids know. You know, you, we do business with people we can't see and talk and touch to, and you know, you got to be careful nowadays because your music will be everywhere, and you're missing missing all kinds of money, man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. It's the, it's, 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 it's kind of like some people don't even want to talk about it. They're scared to talk about it, but it is what it is. I mean, everybody will keep on thinking the the the, the, un, the underground independent game is steady moving up. You're crazy because you can't you can't do business with people you don't know. So you can't just keep on putting music up for free. And you know, everybody got a hat and a shirt to sell. And the music is free. So if the music don't mean nothing, what are we doing? Exactly. Right. I mean, it it, it don't right. make sense. 
And yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, I'm the industry now, like I am I have just been just so appalled and just like what is really going on? Well, you know, I've been I've been to plenty of conferences and stuff like that and when I hear uh-huh. people say, and I heard people say, well, now they're selling content. It's not about the music, it's about the story. And I'd be like, well, I didn't make up some bullshit and record it. And you want to you want to be in contact with the content. And from the content, you buy the music or you buy the hat or the shirt. I'm like, the music is the soul. The music is the, the flesh of, of of our being. You know, that's the vibration. You know, people be like, "Ah, oh, man, we're gonna sell you the hand. You can get the shirt." Hey, man, I want the music. Let me give you your money for your music, man. Right. Give me right. the hat. Sure. Give me the hat. I, I'll pay you fifty dollars for your music if the shit's good. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you just be able to get in the car and just wear the hat and the music trash, then that's backwards. Your music trash. You got a nice hat. You got a nice shirt. Right. <laughs> man, but your music sucks like a motherfucker, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no man. You know, it's, it's a new game, it's a new world, but just for us, being independent, just like you guys with your radio show, you know, the, the main radio used to be the focus. Now it's a million of you guys. It's a million podcasts. It's just, you know, so the game is open up like that. It's a million rappers, a million podcasts, and, you know, everybody trying to do their thing. But we got to get back to the to, to, to the construction of, 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 of independent music. I, I used to love going to different places and hearing different kids with different styles and different music and, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, go to Louisiana and that bounce music, they had bounce and they had street music, you know. Right, so right. same thing, you know, you go to Memphis, they got, you know, the, the Memphis walk and they got the street music, you know, same thing. Right. Everywhere you went, it was different, you know. And 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 that's what made you want to get off your ass and go travel because you want to see things, you know, see something different, you know. That's right, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, that's where we come in to where you know this show is dedicated to the backstories from the from 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 real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's to preserve and to 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 be that bookkeeper of yeah, the exactly. story. You know what I'm saying? Of the real I'm, stories that made hip-hop that made the rap game, you know? Mm-hmm. You know. It's timeless classic music. The music moves so fast now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Drake had out my last month. Back, you know, back in IG, I had <laughs> lasted the whole year. Now, nigga, I had last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's so true, man. That's so true. Now, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, but... Mm-hmm. That's how fast the music is moving now. Like you can't even get used to that. I'm like, okay, you got an album, got another album coming out next Monday. Like, right. I ain't listening that fast, man. You know, screw fuck me up. You know, shit. I got to slow yeah. that shit down, man. Bring <laughs> right. oh, it back. Let me let me hear what he said again. Screw you know. Right. You, you know, and you right. Yeah. You right. That's you right. You know, right kind of like it was. It it'd be kind of like. You know, you jump in the car in Dallas, it takes three hours to get to Houston. You put one screw tape in, and that motherfucker over with you in Houston. So, you know, it's two hours in Houston, Austin. You put that motherfucker in, you're going to be in Austin when that motherfucker go out. So it was kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you, it was like you get you got hip to music you didn't know about. You be like, yeah, I ain't never heard it there. You know, you research, you you go to the store and look for. Oh, okay, man, this this was on the screw tape. Get the album, see what he's talking about. He's like the song off the screw tape. So now, it's like, you yeah. got a, a million motherfucking mixtapes out here, and they all got the same shit on. Like, you can't buy a mixtape that got some art, some authentic shit on. It you ain't never heard, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Everywhere you go, the same mixtape in the corner store got the same shit on. Like, yeah, and you know, know man. You know, we had it bad with the mixtape, but we had a we, we had a the the two disc set with the videos with, with like oh, 150 yeah. videos on the third one. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's where it's at now. You know, it, it's it's yeah. more it, it's more visual and content. But I just I, I sometimes just miss that that one artist, that one flow. Mm-hmm. You know, that that one person that was sticking out like a fungus feet. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. He got some stank on him when he go, you know, you sit back and watch that artist go from where he from to top of the charts. And you be like, man, we was jamming eight ball in them eight, nine, ten months for a year for for anybody heard of him. And like they heard about it over. Oh, that's old to us. And then back in the gap in the radio place here by the school, man, this shit old. We've we, we been jamming that shit. Yeah. You know? Word, word, yep. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up. 
Um, you know what? I didn't ever. I didn't even ask you. So when you were growing up, who in okay? Even though you said you know what I'm saying, you you were writing music at a young age. Who uh, did somebody influence you? You know, as far as in the music industry, or was it just a a talent that you had? You know, I would, I would say being young, coming up. You know, we was young. Your your folks bought you your twelve hundreds, your first mm-hmm. twist instead of turntables. Mm-hmm. You, know, right. you know, back in the gap, you know, it's all hip hop. So I come up breaking. I come up, you know, doing graffiti. You know, so right. I was a kid, you know, before I got before I got my first shot of the streets it was breaking. It was cardboards and graffiti and drawings and making beats on tables and you might have one, two homeboys had one turntable, you had another, you go buy your little bullshit, mix some radio shack and you go to uh, to a record store and you know, you start collecting collecting uh, records and they came up with the S P twelve hundred, you could sample shit in that motherfucker fast and you know. You know how hip hop used to be it was all samples, you know. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice break yeah. beat, you know. Everybody wanted to DJ the the talent shows or the party after the football game, so that was before, you know, the streets or the you know, the the venom of of the of the streets got to them. You know, mm-hmm. graduated, started growing up being in the streets and then it's it transitioned from just a love of hip hop to kinda of like spitting my life on, on, on through a mic and I've always considered myself an M C even even if I'm spitting street shit, I still want to spit it in an MC formula. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sir. But, yeah, but, but it's Texas. That's Texas. Period. It's just we don't consider ourselves like battle rappers or you know stuff like that, like the old school hip hop. But it's still to the point where you can't get in the studio with me and think you're just gonna just flow some bullshit out your mouth. I'm gonna go make it sit out and think about what we're talking about, so you can have some type of you know content and substance. But the flow and the strategy and the style. My rhymes is like is how we started out rapping. You don't hear that no more. My style is like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I used to be my style is my style is your perpetrators. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you just don't hear rap like that. But coming up, that's what it was to me. I'm I'm really hip hop, born and raised into it. It's like the my biggest influence was Schoolie D, Mantronics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think of another cat that I used to jam when I was young, uh, Houdini. I used to love Houdini. Oh, yeah. Um, the first time so, I heard King T and Ice okay. T, it was over. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> King yeah, T and yeah. Ice T. <laughs> yes, ma'am. The yeah, first time I heard Ice T, it was you no know, dog in the wax, on wax. And, you know, back then, some, some artists only only produced wax. Like, I was, uh, Karen's one is my biggest influence. Because all I used okay. to do was collect, I used to collect Boogie Down production records mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. back in the gap, back in the gap, Boogie Down Productions only pressed up wax. Some stuff you couldn't get on cassette because mm-hmm. they only did wax. So, I used to have a guy named Puma, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember yeah. the manipulator. Oh, yeah, Puma and the manipulator, yeah. I am the manipulator. They call me Puma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that shit, the uh, skinny boys from Philly. Yeah. Uh, um, shit, Steady B, Cool, see Larry Live, Three Times Dope. Mm-hmm. A bunch of shit. Cause, you know, I'm from the South, but, you know, we came up on the East Coast. So Exactly, because I was going to say that I said it, because basically, even though we are from the South, the 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 East Coast, you know what I'm saying? They are the ones that really influenced us until we heard Ice T, and then our eyes went to the West Coast. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know. see here, where I'm from, I, I got a dose of the West Coast because I was a kid watching DOC freestyle at uh Shamrock. Yeah, that's, that's another influence of of you yeah. know getting Rayolas and and earning earning your posse name on the back of your T-shirt and going to the state rings. And back then it was a guy named Dr. Rock on K104 FM. And, uh, yes, sir, Dr. Rock. Dr. Rock was affiliation through Dr. Dre Easy and D.O.C. was rapping from West Dallas, but D.O.C. used to go live every Saturday night at Shell Rock. And the state yeah, I remember that. The skate ring would damn near be so packed just waiting on DOC to freestyle right before it closed. So mm-hmm. I came up also, you know, watching DOC do his thing and uh, Snake mm-hmm. them. And back then, Nemesis and DJ Snake them, they didn't, they didn't, they got along, but it was kind of like dissing each other back then, like West Dallas mm-hmm. Oak Cliff type shit. Because DOC yeah. had a song called Tuppers Man Alive, he was dissing uh, Snake them song called Oak Cliff. So it was oh, all yeah. different shit, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it never led to no head busting or no, you know, no ignorance, you know, the people representing their hood, you know, back then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did you have any beef with any rappers? Did you, you didn't do no, no, no beef songs, did you? I no, I don't do, I don't do beef songs like that. I'm kind of like, I'm see, I'm coming to your show, Jack. Mm-hmm. All right. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. on, on KRS One. You know, he mm-hmm. come snatch your ass off stage. You know, what's the mm-hmm. boy that got KRS One back in the gap? He snatched off stage. Got the TM dog. Yeah. The dude, the dude for bottom dog. <laughs> yeah, he snatched their ass off stage for this and him. So, you know, I just, uh-huh. I, I, I came up, I came up like that. You know, when you know, you know, same mm-hmm. thing. You know, you know, you talking on wax. You know, back then, every everywhere you went, you know, you had to show and prove. But it wasn't no violence. Shit. It was like, show us your talented. Show us your boys really, really got some. You know. Right, right, that's right. Uh, Hip hop has evolved, I tell you that. Yes, it has. It has truly evolved. Everybody Um, everybody got their shit to represent now. Yeah, yeah. We came up up in the real area. I don't know how old everybody is, but I feel like we got a dose to learn everybody. So Mm -hmm. we did. We can go go places and fit in because we got a chance to listen to Too Short before we went to Oakland. You know, we got a chance to, to hear about Compton before we went to Compton. We got a chance to hear about New Orleans before you went to New Orleans. So, got, you know, yeah. we got a chance to listen to Memphis and, you know, all that shit before we went to Memphis type shit. Right. You knew You knew back then because the, the rap music was like the news, you know. When you get yeah. your ass listen to these boys right here, they'll tell you what's going on around here. That's right. Right. That's right. Well, that was popped news, though. Yeah. Now you, yeah. Be, now you can be in goddamn Idaho. You swear to God, you was in Atlanta. <laughs> okay. Already. Already. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any advice for, for, for these new cats that's coming in the game, man? You know? Uh, my, my advice to cats in the game is set your business up correctly, pay your taxes, you know, do your write-offs and everything else. Anywhere you can squeeze a penny, I just I just game now. Make sure you're on top of it and uh, make sure you got some good some good people behind you. It's just your support system and keep on making music because can't nobody tell you what a hit is. So you know, but that's why I like SoundCloud too because. You know, I just got, like, I'm just now getting, you know, getting, I ain't going to say just now, but I'm still, like, getting in rotation with the SoundClouds and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that you can provide your music to, like, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. Drake. Drake uses the SoundCloud like it's a screw tape, you know. Yeah. All his exclusive shit, you can go to SoundCloud. It probably was on the SoundCloud before he dropped it to the world, so. Right. He's kind of like the, right. the, king of, the, the king of scream is what, Jay, is what Drake is. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Oh, really. Jay. Yeah. Jay, you there? Yo, fresh. Fresh, no. Okay. <laughs> fresh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, hey, what's going? Okay, hey, you you got anything you wanna you wanna add? You got any questions you wanna add? Yeah. Um, one of the questions I wanna add is um that album y'all did. They scared of a nigga. Who who idea was it to do that, man? Because y'all had the headstones with the politicians' names with George, <laughs> George Bush and uh, David Duke. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who idea was that, man? I, I thought that was so funny back in the day when I saw it. <laughs> man, Pony J and uh, Magic. Pony J and Magic. But like I say, that, that, that L right there is when I'm carrying records. It's when I'm, you know, road hogging, you know, looking at, right. you know, look people coming up, but, you know, Pony J crazy ass and Magic, you know, but, you know, the, the first pick out of the boys was very, you know, conscious and, you know, street knowledge mixed with that politic type shit, you know, and that was the era, you know, that was the era of NWA, so all the independence took, took place with that, so that's when that street music, you, you know, talk about your, your senators and your males and knocking, knocking motherfuckers off, you know. Right, right, and, you know, and back then, you know, that's when, we all had a different sound, man, you know, just sitting here listening to y'all. And, you know, back in the day, 
well, you know, nowadays when somebody do a performance on stage, you know, they all they doing cyphers or they got all uh, the uh, the the special effects on stage. And you know, back then, man, all you had was the rapper and the DJ, man. So you better have something to sell, or at least be entertaining. Yeah, exactly, and the dancers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the dancers, that man, that's a little shit. How Big Daddy came, man. I never, yeah. I, 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 I never missed a fresh fish, you know. Hey, fresh fish was a chick. Hey, I'll tell you, man. Hell I tell yeah. you like I tell, I tell you like I tell everybody else, man. See, when I was like five, six years old, I was deep in the heavy metal. You know what I'm saying? I was jamming the Smashing Pumpkins and Black Sabbath and all that. Big yeah. Daddy came. Ain't no half stuff. It was the very first rap song I ever heard, man. When I saw that video, it was over with for me. That was the very first song they introduced me to hip hop. Yeah, right. that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. I already friend. Yeah, real talk, man. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Yeah, Bombers, you got any questions you want to ask? Oh yeah, like on the uh, Nemesis albums, did you write on all of them? No, uh, Temple of Boom. Okay, not Munchies for Bass or nothing like that, right? It was uh, Temple of Boom. I think that was after Munch. I, I I did a little production work on Munchies for Your Bass. Much as for your bass was an independent album before it went major. Okay. So they, okay. they had a bunch of they had a bunch of songs that was already on the independent version. They did the uh, profile uh, worldwide major version. But Temple of Boom is where I really got my work in and see what it was like to be in a studio. You know what a hook was, a sixteen and stuff like that. And uh, you know, Big Al, he wasn't a rapper. He liked heavy metal, so he never really rapped. He he liked heavy metal shit. You know, and he's going you know, to write the song and shit like that. And that's how I know um, Big Mike. That's how I know 3 2. Because they used to write right. for them also. So, And once wow. again, they go right back to what I'm saying about, you know, the whole affiliation since I was a kid, you know, three, especially 3 uh, 2. Because 3 2 and Big wow. Mike, they used to write for Nemesis. They was writing for Dr. Dre. They was doing a whole bunch wow. of shit. You know, back then, them boys, you know, still to this day, you know, them boys could wrap their ass off, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure. them, boys, them boys the first guy that, that showed me the the MC perspective of, of spitting it in third coast form, you know. Especially uh, 3 2, rest in peace. But that cat right yeah. there, man, 3 2 was a beast with that pen. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. 3 2. Yeah, three two three two used to come up here, Big Mike, and they all would be fucking with DJ Snake. Up Snake had a major club called Genesis, and they would always bring rap a lot and a bunch of bunch of people. That's how I met Boss or Luke Skywalker, a bunch of people because Snake used to do them concerts and have his club on Saturday. So that's dope. That's dope. So it was all like I said, it was all it was, it was all affiliation, you know, especially when you know you had Lit J and Mean Green and Greer Street, everybody coming through with the business and you know. Mm-hmm. That's how the South that's how that's really how the South was won, man, just through communication, affiliation and, and conferencing with each other and showing love and then before we knew it, you know, the South was here. That's right. But there's so many people there's, there's so many people that really don't get a they really don't get a lot of props, but people that know the real deal, they know where it started from. Yeah. All right. Oh. Look, it's just one more question, man, and I'm through. See, you know, you're talking about uh, Rap-A-Lot and all them. Like, uh, did Rap-A-Lot and Swamp House ever come through y'all towns, and were, were they scouting for talent over there? Yeah, back in the gap, Lil J always signed uh, a lot of people, man. Lil J, Lil J signed a lot of people back then, but like I say, down here in Texas, we had Southwest Wholesale. Southwest Wholesale, yeah. they, they owned all the Warehouse Musics. Remember Warehouse yeah. Music back in the gap? And all yeah, that day? yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, you know, Southwest Wholesale, they was like a record label, but, you know, they only dealt with the independents and they dealt with the majors, but they gave every independent person out of Texas that, that lane, that machine to run your shit through, and you had to worry about, you know, where you had to go. You know, you could sell it yourself or you could sell it to Southwest Wholesale. And shit, back in the gap, you know, them folks that want to deal with no street cash, so you damn it get paid up front for your CD as soon as you show up with them pressed up. If they thought you could move 5000 they're going to buy 5000 up front and take your chance on. 
and use that for your promotion. You back door with another three months, drop another one, and keep on, you know, you keep, you keep the whole machine running. It's all black and white money that you're pulling green from. So you was able to look at your money in black and white, and they're going to give you some of your and give you some of your money, but, you know, you got to wait for your returns and, you know, stuff like that that came back from the stores, you know, that, you know, shit that wasn't moving in some cities. But you was worldwide. All you had to do was get in, your, get, get in your van, your truck or whatever, and go get your get your purchase order form and go. But, you know, rap a lot was kind of like the headline there. Rap a lot kind of showed everybody the way for being independent. And then when everybody by Southwest Wholesale and select those hits in Memphis, it was over. Yeah, yeah. And those was the those the two those the those the two key major things to the independent game in the South. Select those hits and Southwest Wholesale. Hmm. And what's the yeah. truth, man? You you do the history on anybody from the South, they'll tell you Southwest Wholesale. They was shit. They was on their shit. They was on their shit, and they did they did good business. They did good business. Yeah. They a lot of people. They made a lot of people money. Yeah, so look, what ended up happening with Southwest Wholesale, man, because they went out of business all of a sudden. Oh, the game started evolving. You remember the game started evolving and started coming up with these resale places where they bought your, your CD for 2 $3 and resold it. So once they started, remember they started coming up with these recycle places where you can go buy a CD for a dollar and $2 and they start killing the game. And those start being collecting places and they start moving to uh, – the digital shit and Napstar fucked it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Napstar was the first way people bootlegged your music digitally. Yeah, I remember that. Nap- the Napstar and uh, your Lil Wayne and uh, Chameleon making mixtapes every week or whatever it was, just start getting a hold. The whole market just started being overflooded with a lot of garbage. Not saying their music was garbage, but it was a lot of stuff just like in the way. Like right now, it's a lot of stuff that's just in the way. It's just some hot bullshit, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. much hot, so much hot bullshit now. You can't decipher through the shit. All right. For sure. Yeah. 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 Cause that was just like we had an interview with Crazy C, man, and what he had said it hit the the nail right on the head because he was saying that you know back then you know you had the record labels they were the gatekeepers to the industry, but then as soon as the internet opened up. You know, everybody was starting to put out their music, but, you know, it, it started getting watered down with a lot of the garbage because at least, you know, with the record labels, they was the gatekeeper, but they kept a lot of the garbage out. Yeah, exactly. 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 Well, you know, it's it's going to come back, and it's, it's going to come back so strong. It just, I, just be, I just be hoping that there's some young kids out there that want to know the inside scoop. You know, it's kind of like the people that make, all the softwares and apps and all the uploads for people to put their music up on, those are the people making the money because you get charged per album or per single to upload your music. You see what I'm saying? So those are the people getting paid. If, if I take a 1,000 motherfuckers and charge them $79 a piece to upload your music on my format, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. You know, so... The, the artists and the labels, they missing out because, like I said, you can't even go research where you really hide it, where you really get screamed at. There's no no particular app yet that's really, that really tones in to, okay, they, 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 they streaming your music a lot over here in Denver. They buying a couple of downloads in Louisiana. They want you in concert in Texas. You have no way of really just checking the temperature of what you're doing, so everybody is just throwing rocks in the dark. And, and, and posting on your Instagram, your Facebook, and all that, but you don't really know who you're reaching. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. From, and, and from that, you got artists now. They they turn people heads off of shows. So the independent labels, we can't you can't do shows no more and bring your Gucci mans and and your yo goddess and your money bag yo's to a concert and your label open up for them and you make money for your record label and your artists and good money. Now it'd be like. I ain't no regulator gonna pay no fifty thousand for no artist to come. So now you got the corporate world and the sponsors coming in doing these big concerts, and then you got the labels paying artists hush money, not not to let the real fans know that hey man, I'm not moving a lot of regulars just paying me to keep my mouth closed. Y'all just scream my music for a penny a minute, you know. So the game is really, yeah. the game is really crazy, you know. There's a lot of major a lot of major artists. 
They're not moving on humans. They're getting paid to shut their ass up. And look mm. good. Yeah. Mm-mm. So I know what I see. I'm 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 gonna stay on the ground, you know what I'm saying, or Peter Pimp. I'm gonna stay I'm a I'm a stay underground king. I'd rather put five thousand in my trunk and make fifty thousand than goddamn upload some shit and all you doing listen to my shit and I'm getting a couple hundred dollar checks every month. It's all good, but hey man, if I can run through my hood and sell three thousand and make thirty thousand, I'm good. You know. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. We back on the block where they ain't never left the. We the only state that ain't never left the block with it. You know, you can come and take uh, you, you don't catch an artist selling their music. You know, they might give for it sure. to you for five dollars. They might give it to you for three dollars. They might give it to you for ten. But you're always gonna have somebody in Texas coming out the trunk. You know, we still got stores here, but you know, back in the gap, man, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, all those Midwest places, man, those was those was diehard Texas fans, man. Right. Diehards. Uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, diehard Texas fans. And now, like I said, everywhere you go, it's just, it's like the same shit everywhere you go. I'm like, man, goddammit, where's where the authentic shit at, you know? Mm-hmm. The, the authentic crowd, the authentic vibe, the authentic people, you know, mm-hmm. every every goddamn trapper think he's a rapper now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, man, you, just, just because you move a couple of nickel bags don't mean you got them MC Rock M, man. I hate that, too, because every young cat think now he got to be a dope dealer to be a rapper. He just can't be an MC and, and be good right. with lyrics and, and, and words and shit like that. Every youngster I run into, majority of them think, I got to be in a trap. Okay, now I'm Jeezy. Nah, man, now you're going to be dead in a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you just don't You just don't wake up and start selling dope. It just don't go like that. No, you just, it don't. You, you, you damn sure just don't wake up and just start rapping. It just don't go like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and for real people, especially the parents and people that's old, they got their money, ain't got time to invest into somebody that's talented, they can play a piano, they can play a guitar, they can really sing and shit like that. And somebody that's, that's untalented, they might got a little bit more money behind them, but they can go do something and get more attention than their raw talent, you know. You don't see no more brass, kids learning how to play brass instruments and the guitar and all that kind of shit in the yeah. urban in, in the urban community, not every community, but at least where I'm from, it's like mm-hmm. everybody everybody want to rap and shake their ass and, oh, I'm a trapper rapper. Like, bro, why you just can't be an MC? Why you can't rap something different besides bang, bang, shoot more, I'm better than you, I got more money than you, shit like that. It's like the yeah. same conversation over and over and over and over and over again. So now it's like, it's like gang, gang banging ain't cool. That shit ain't the end no more. And it's to the point now where selling dope ain't cool. Ain't never been cool. Uh, a trapper ain't cool no more. Ain't nothing cool about nothing we doing in hip hop. It's like people think that shit cool. It's only cool to to those that are green of of, of of it. You know, those that know the outcome of the shit. You know, you, you can't even tell them like, man, you're gonna destroy yourself fucking fucking with this shit. People don't listen. You know. Yeah. And, and I hate that because cause rap used to be considered something positive. Now you can't even get you can't get bills you can't even buy builders no more to buy to to do no rap concert or old school sock hop you know what I'm saying sock hop you know what I'm saying yeah. we're going to the school sock hop in the morning thirty five cents fifty cents we're gonna jam two hours before you go to class type of shit like that was our shit like you know the school dance you can hear all the hot shit you know and everybody got headphones on somebody shoot your motherfucker pull their phone out rather than call an ambulance and help you. And if you, if you are right with your phone on it, like, man, put your phone down. I'm about to die. <laughs> For real. Real close. <laughs> be crazy. Oh, shit. That's what's up. You go to a concert now, motherfucker, put your hands in there. Everybody sit down and look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> jump. Everybody jump. The MC, he, he, he controlled the crowd. He controlled the crowd yeah. now. They wait on you to pop out stage. They can videotape your ass. Mm-hmm. Right. They wait on you to get off note with that song. Pull your phone out. They fucking up. Already. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, tell everybody your your social network uh, link so we can 
so they can hit you up. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Cottonmouth, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Cottonmouth with a K. And uh, Instagram is Cottonmouth, Jesse. And um, my YouTube channel is uh, Cottonmouth, Jesse. I got uh, a couple of videos up. Uh, my SoundCloud is Cottonmouth, Jesse. Um, once again, Cottonmouth with a K, not a C, because ain't no snake in me. Uh, Cottonmouth is for smoking big and sipping big. No kind of... <laughs> yeah. No kind of reptilian under rock type shit or snake in the grass type shit. It's cotton mouth, cut and dry, you know. That's what's up. But it's okay. cotton mouth, just oh, man, yeah. you know. I'm live on graffitiradio.net, man. Letting y'all know the real shit, everybody. Stay down and uh, stay positive and keep your goddamn head on the swivel, man. That's what's All up. Right. That's what's All up. All right. Well, there you have it. Another hip hop backstory here on Graffiti Talk Radio. And um, I just want to thank you, Cottonmouth Jesse, for coming on. It was a pleasure to to sit back and reminisce with you about the past and and um and and, and the bright future that you got going on right now. Um, yeah, so I'm signing yeah, off. Yeah, man. Signing RP, off. RP Big Hawk, man. John, John, Big John Hawker, man. We love you. We miss you. You know, uh, next month is Death Day coming up. So if you out there, man. You know, uh, May 4th, May 3rd, man, you know, just begin the May, man, to start putting the H.A. dub in your life and thinking about my partner, man, missing, missing. Already, already. That's what's up. Uh, all right, y'all, we out. Peace. 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 Yeah.